0: Welcome back to Just Fantasy Baseball. Today we're going to be talking about starting pitchers. I'm your host Colby Olson, as always, joined by Clay Snowden over here um we've been talking offense for this entire podcast we haven't even gotten into pitchers yet pitchers are are pitcher research that is is kind of what i've always been interested in i'm a pitcher myself so it's always fun to talk about you know this crop of, of fantasy pitchers today we're going to be breaking down the top 10 which you know as you could guess is obviously loaded and I don't even think, Clay, we're going to be breaking past ADP 50 on this list. Like, all of these guys are potential aces on your squad. Yeah, it the top 10 is super deep, super deep. Yeah, I mean, pitching as a whole is usually incredibly deep in fantasy, so kind of like the what what the audience should expect over the next, you know, week, week and a half is this week we're going to be talking about the top 10 on today's episode, then this next episode which should be coming out either Thursday or Friday, um we're going to be breaking down, you know, 11 through 20 on the ADP board, and that should get us to right around like ADP 100, I would hope. Um so then we're going to talk about, you know, our sleepers after that. And then um, we'll definitely do a, you know, relief pitcher closer episode as well beyond that. And like, you know, Clay, before we know it here, we're going to be getting to the season really, really fast. I mean, we're we're what less than a month away now. We got baseball coming up on what's opening day, March 30th. Is yep. that correct? Yep, March 30th. So, you know, really, we're almost, yeah, three weeks away. A little little over three weeks away from real baseball being played. um, It's exciting times, man. It really is exciting times. So, shall we just break right into it? Let's go. Let's go. All right. Let's talk pitchers. I think, like, to start, you know, off the bat, it's Shohei Otani. But it's yeah. such an a weird thing because he's not the best starting pitcher in baseball. And he's being drafted – as the best, but it's not because he only pitches. And that's why he's, you know, arguably the number one overall pick in your fantasy league. His ADP is kind of all over the place. When you look at his ADP, it's ADP seven, eight, like it doesn't make any sense. Um, So I guess like clay, I think my first question to you, before I even break into what Shohei Otani has done on the mound, like where, where, How many leagues actually have him as a starting pitcher only these days?
1: I don't know about that um, as only a starting pitcher, but um, you know, he can only play one or the other whenever he's okay. Pitching. So if he's pitching, you cannot have him in your lineup for most leagues as a DH or, or, or something along those lines. Gotcha. um, The value there's a little bit interesting. He dominates points leagues, obviously, Um, Usually the number one pick in a points league just because of, you know, the ability to pitch and hit both at an extremely high level.
0: Yeah, I I don't really see why you wouldn't take him first overall, really, in any league, if that makes sense, right? Like, just to give you an idea of how good he's been on the mound, he was a 3.4 war hitter last year, Clay. That's just as a hitter. As a pitcher, yeah. he had 6 WAR. He almost doubled his hitting WAR as a pitcher last year. And I feel like when people think about Shohei Otani, like I think they definitely acknowledge how good of a pitcher he is and like he but I feel like they almost people don't almost grasp how good of a pitcher he is. Like he really is a top 5 pitcher in baseball. Like I could argue him being top 3. Like I could argue we're, we're just baseball as a website is releasing its top 20, top 30 pitchers in baseball list um, later this week, just baseball shows gonna be talking about it. And like, just from an actual real life pitching example, like Johnny could be number two on that list, in my opinion. Um, But yeah, just to go a little bit deeper, he threw 166 innings last year, which was a career high. That's a big step for him. He had the third lowest XERA and FIP in baseball. And you know, the interesting thing for Otani has always been his pitch mix because he throws a lot of different pitchers, but pitches. But last year, he increased his slider usage, which was good to see. He basically used that as his primary pitch Um, threw his slider about 38 percent of the time mixed in four seam uh, fastballs behind that. And then. Mixed in the splitter, which is just ridiculous, has close to a 50% whiff rate on that pitch. Um, and the the big thing for me was that he stopped throwing that cutter. And this was a, something that I wrote about a long time ago. I didn't like Otani's cutter. It gets lit up, and he throws it, for, in my opinion, for no reason. Maybe it's to keep hitters off balance off of his fastball. I don't know. To me, it doesn't really do anything for him. Um, but beyond that, too, he had the second highest K rate in baseball behind Rodon. So... Otani is a beast um, and should be the first pitcher off the board, even though he's not really just a pitcher. Um, I guess my question to you, Clay, as well is: you know, we saw 166 innings last year. Projection systems have him this year. I don't even know what they have him slated for. I'm looking right now. Um, But like how many innings can he get to in your mind? Like what are you projecting him at? I don't see why there's any
1: reason why he can't do this exact same amount. Now, at some point you have to ask, like, is he ever going to dial one back? Like, it just seems like a player doing this much in, you know, offensively and pitching, like you can't do that forever. Right. But then again, there's so few people ever to be as talented as Shoei Otani that I don't really know where the limit is.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe you can't do it forever, but when you're 28 years old and you're in your athletic prime, this is a guy that takes care of his body, um, you know, better than just about anybody. I don't see any reason why he can't. I think the other thing too, is like, you know, it takes a lot out of him to hit every day. Um, and he's active on the base paths, but he is DH, right. It's not like, um, he's playing in the field every single inning. He does get a breather. Um, but it just is still freakishly insane that he's able to do both. Um, I, I still can't really fathom it and be as good as he is at both. Um, all right, let's move on to number two, because I feel like this is actually where we can start talking about like guys that are just pitchers. It's so hard to talk about Otani. I don't even know how to really do it in fantasy, right? It's just so hard. Like
1: doing we, both. Is we just probably insane.
0: talk too much about Otani.
1: Like he's Maybe we do. So I, Everybody he's fun knows. to talk about
0: and he's a freak. So so yeah, Clay, let's let's enough Otani talk. Let's move on to the real pitchers. Even though Otani is a real pitcher, but he also hits. So it's just like too complicated to even talk about. Corbin Burns is such an interesting guy to start with, I think. Um, because he had such an up and down season, right? He had an ERA in the low twos to start the year, Clay. Then in the second half, he posts a 3.97 ERA completely balloons, right? Which is so, so surprising. And I was looking, like, I, I went and looked and I saw this terrible ERA. And I'm like, there has to be a reason behind it, right? Like maybe his K rate dipped, which it did very slightly, but it's not something that I'm worried about. And I couldn't find anything else that made me believe that, you know, that Corbin Burns isn't the guy still that in 2021 had a 2.43 ERA, a 1.63 FIP, won the NL Cy Young. In 2020, he was just as dominant, right? So like, I don't think anybody's really looking into that 3.97 ERA um, in the second half. And I don't think anybody should, because I just don't see a reason why that wasn't random.
1: No, and this is a guy who's three straight years of an ERA under three. And the past two years, 230 plus strikeouts. Um, He pretty much does everything well. Like, there's no reason that I would ever be concerned... Um, You know, there's some rumors or rumblings about him potentially getting moved because of his contract situation or he was upset with arbitration. And um, I don't see that happening, honestly. A lot would have to go wrong with the Brewers uh, for that to happen. But this is a guy who kind of changed up his his pitch mix, um, I believe, going into 2020 when he stopped using the four-seamer as much and really went to a cutter. And um, we see that a lot with pitchers. We see as they grow up and as they get more experienced changing their pitch mix, mix, changing what they use as often, and kind of fine-tuning their craft to figure out what works best for them. And right now, I think he's just right where he needs to be in his ADP and a guy that I would definitely target as my first pitcher selected if I go with a bat in the first
0: round. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you you bring up the cutter, and it's almost unfair to call what he throws a cutter yeah. because it's at, like, 97. Um, But, yeah, you're right, Clay. It was interesting to see how he changed up um, his repertoire. And probably my last point on Burns is that he took that step, that necessary step that I want to see guys like Strider take, guys like even Otani take, where in 2021 he threw 167 innings. Um, and the, it's always like, you know, is that kind of it? Are you only going to be that five to six inning guy? Can you take the next step? And Burns did like, you know, say what you want about the second half ERA. He threw 202 innings with a 2.94 ERA, like pretty impressive stuff for him to take that leap and throw over 200 innings. So I'm hoping he can do that again this year. Um, all right, let's talk about Garrett Cole, um, because, Garrett Cole is a pitcher that is so much better than the way he performs. Does that make sense? Yeah, because he'll have like a blow-up game
1: every once in a while, and it just kind of puts the sour taste in your mouth about him. And I know that a lot of owners um, in fantasy get mad at him, and you can always tell, and you see the Yankees fans tweeting about it once every couple months when there's just a terrible outing um, by Garrett Cole. but overall. I mean, he's still going to strike out around 11 per nine, and he doesn't really walk a lot of batters, and um, his ERA has crept up a little bit each of the past three years, but um, last year was still 3.50, and um, I'm not exactly worried about that.
0: Um, I've never actually met him on
1: a fantasy team.
0: To me, actually, this is a a buy spot for Garrett Cole. Like, last year, uh, you you couldn't find Garrett Cole going outside the top 10 in most leagues. Like, most places, he was going as a top 10 pick. This year, yeah, coming off of a 3.5 ERA, like, yeah, people kind of do have a sour taste in their mouth. And it's not like he was even that – he was that good in 2021, but he had a 3.23 ERA. Like, he isn't – he hasn't had a season – since 2019 that's really made people go, wow, Garrett Cole is that like top pitcher in baseball, which he can be, but he struggles with home, giving up too many home runs. Like he's never had um, in two or in three of the last four seasons, he's had a home run per fly ball rate over 16%, which for a guy as good as he is, like he just should not have a home run per fly ball rate that high, but Regardless of the ERA, like this is why I think he's a buy because whether he gives you a an ERA in the twos or not, he led the league in strikeouts last year. He's going to have a low WHIP. Like he provides value in every other category, um, and I believe that he will improve on that ERA. Like he's gotta. He's really got it. The the expected numbers are there. If he gets rid of some of these blow-up starts where he gives up seven earned runs and, you know, like four home runs in the same game, like it's ridiculous some of the blow-up starts that Garrett Cole has. So he just needs to, you know, dial it in just a little bit. Um, All right, moving on. Garrett Cole, king of the excuses too. He loves excuses, doesn't he? (laughs) He's kind of a crybaby on the mound. And it's so weird. I'm a Red Sox fan, and I like... I don't know why, but I kind of love Garrett Cole. Like I, I just have like a soft spot for him because he's so good and I just want him to be that good. And yet he has these starts that just make me lose my mind. And the Red Sox always give him trouble. Always. Rafael Devers, I think, has a lifetime 350 batting average off of Garrett Cole. So yeah, he's kind of a head case, a little bit. Um, Sandy Alcantara, Clay is an interesting guy too. Every guy on this list is going to be interesting. I'm going to say that for every guy. Um, But it's interesting to me that he's being taken ADP 30 right now, coming off of, you know, one of the better fantasy pitching seasons in a while. Um, He threw 228 and two thirds innings, which, Led the league by a wide margin. Aaron Nola was second with like 205 innings. Like, he really paced the league. Um, and he had an ERA um, in the low twos. I mean, it was just a six season. And the peripherals will tell you that there's going to be regression. And yeah, I mean, maybe there will be regression. But his FIP, XFIP, XERA were still all in the twos. So, I don't know. I feel like this Sandy's price is actually pretty good where it's at.
1: Yeah. and I think that a lot of people, um, you know, when you're talking about top five pitchers in the MLB, they want somebody who's going to strike people out. Um, and he, he will put up a decent amount of strikeouts, but he's not a strikeout artist by any means. Um, he, he doesn't get any run support. He had one of the lowest run supports last year, but still cranked out a good amount of wins for a team. That's, you know, not exactly great. And, um, I like him a lot, even if there is some, I guess regression back to what would probably be the mean with him. Um, still a pitcher that I would be willing to target.
0: Yeah. I mean, he has the most innings pitched since 2019 in baseball. Um, he has four pitches. What I love about Sandy is he has four pitches and he uses each pitch around 25% of the time. So, you really can't like expect one thing from him. He's also a ground ball pitcher and to kind of combat the K the elite K, like he doesn't have elite K's. He's never going to, he's never struck out, you know, more than nine um, per nine, but he gives you everything else, right? He's going to give you a ton of innings. He's, he had a sub one whip last year. Um, I think it's a pretty trustworthy profile. Like I think the floor for Sandy is like a three era i would be shocked if he had above a three era honestly all right we're changing gears clay we're going from sandy alcantara who Mm. has who's a complete workhorse to spencer strider who might be the most electric pitcher in baseball i don't know is that fair to say like would i really think so
1: he has Yeah, I mean, the sample size is still small when you compare it to everyone else on the list, but yeah, I mean, he he definitely has the potential to establish himself as
0: that. I mean, the dude struck out 38% of batters last year, right? You kind of, I need to take away the relief appearances because it's almost not fair, but let's see what he was as a starter strikeout wise. Um, Should have this prep, but it's okay. The listeners can come along for the ride. Yeah, I mean, dude, he actually struck out more batters per 9 innings as a starter than as a reliever. He's wow. ridiculous. What makes Spencer Strider so I I want to say generational because it's it's a big change for pitchers. Um we haven't really seen a guy that only throws two pitches be this good before. Um He's fastball and slider, and that's it. The fastball is ridiculous, has a ton of rising action, and it's not actually rising action, right? It's just that uh, ability to spin the baseball optimally so that it doesn't sink as much, right? Batters miss it, but it's at 98 to 101 miles an hour. And then you have to cheat on that fastball, so then you're not going to catch up, or you're you're not going to expect the slider at 86 miles an hour. And the slider, by the way, Clay, He had, it had a 52% whiff rate last year. That was the fifth highest whiff rate of any pitch in baseball starters and relievers. Like he is legitimately a closer going six to seven innings. Yeah. Yeah. He's been absolutely
1: fantastic. And um, 2.67 ERA as a rookie is unbelievable. 1.83 fit. And like you say, he, he's going to be the guy who's going to bring a ton of strikeouts, Another player I know we've said this a lot on this um, show, but another player I think is going to get drafted early. Um, a lot of people are going to want him on his team on their team, and um, you know he's going to jump. I I think Jacob DeGrom is right around the same ADP, and uh, he's going to get taken before DeGrom in my eyes, and maybe even before Sandy, just depending on your league and how aggressive people want to be. That's just a player people want on their team.
0: Yeah. And let me tell you, I I just like was gushing over Spencer Strider and I'm I'm here to tell you that I think I'm out on him this year in fantasy Um, just at this price. I think it's too high Um, going in the top, you know, 35 as a guy that's, you know, he did. He threw 131 innings last year. Um, I just question like can he make that leap to 170? Like, is he going to be a 140, 150 inning guy? Because if that's the case, you know, you're, he's really going to have to perform. Like he's going to have to put up a two ERA to really, you know, give you the value of his draft price. Everybody else on this list surrounding
1: him above and below him has multiple pitches, is a veteran who's been through it. He is the outlier there. And that's why I agree with you. It's not that I wouldn't want him on my team, but at that price, it's just really hard for me to select a guy who has two proven pitches, one year under his belt with not a ton of innings. It's just like, I I think he's going to be great. And I I know I will probably regret not drafting him, but I would rather go with somebody else.
0: Yeah, totally, man. I mean, it's, it's a tough precedent um, because he really was – the most dominant pitcher like he will. He was DeGrom level dominant when on the mound last year, um, which is a very rare thing to say. And I guess like the precedent for a two pitch guy is, I mean, Christian Javier is as well, but Jacob DeGrom actually has turned into a two pitch guy himself, right? For the most part, DeGrom is fastball slider and almost, almost all fastball. Like at times last year, he was only throwing fastballs. Um, So, that's a good segue into talking about DeGrom because when he's on the mound, Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. And I would even dare to say the best pitcher I've ever seen throw a baseball. Like, is that fair when Jacob DeGrom is at his best when he's healthy on the mound? I don't know if there's many pitchers that have ever stepped on the mound in baseball history that are as good as Jacob DeGrom. And that might be, that might sound crazy. I don't think it is. He's playing on rookie right? Like he is
1: that good on the mound. That's the problem though, is being on the mound in another situation where he's going top 30. Do you want to use a top 30 draft pick on a player who has dealt with a lot of injuries? And I don't, and this is why I haven't drafted him in the past. I would love to sit down and watch a Jacob DeGrom game, knowing he's on my team and knowing I'm about to get all kinds of stats. Just sit back and enjoy it. But how often does that happen?
0: Five, eight times a summer? Like, not enough. Jacob deGrom, 64 innings pitched last year. He was dealing with a shoulder blade injury. Before that, he dealt with an elbow injury. He's dealt with shoulder injuries. He's dealt with lat injury. He's dealt with every injury that you could possibly deal with. Like, I don't know what's left for Jacob deGrom to deal with. And then he comes into spring training this year and is already feeling, I don't know if it was just like tightness or soreness or something. I i don't think it was anything serious, but it's like those little nagging injuries seem to blow up into erupting volcanoes for Jacob Gram. Usually he's like I said, 64 innings last year, 92 innings in 2021. Um, A guy that threw 200 innings in three straight seasons from 2017 to 2019, and now he just cannot stay on the field. He's entering his age 35 season. It's just a tough profile to pick. The question I'm going to ask you, though, Clay, he's so good when he's on the mound that at ADP 33, say you get him a little lower than that because people just don't want him. Say he's at pick 45, right? How many innings in your brain are you, like, accepting? And I'm not trying to say predict how many innings he's going to throw yeah. this year. I'm trying to say, like, how many What's innings, the threshold, right? What like, makes it worth it? Yeah. I mean, you have to get.
1: Is it 130? I mean, I'm not is using a top 100. I'm not using a top 30 or 40 pick on a player who's going to be pitching less than 100 innings as a starter.
0: Yeah, I just, like. I think if I get 130 innings out of Jacob DeGrom like if I could guarantee that I would yeah. I would probably pick him where he's going. Yeah. But I I think that's a big if. Even that is a big if, which is crazy. Yeah.
1: Um I, I don't yeah. even know you would have to go back pretty far to get 130 combined
0: innings over the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean he's he has 150 combined over the last 2 years. Two, okay. So, yeah. He had a 1.08 ERA in 2021, <laughs> Clay. And, and he could swing the bat back then. That that Moving 2021 on. season, I'm not kidding you. That 2021 season would have been the best pitching season ever. Yeah. He was on pace for that. For sure on pace for that. Like insane. Insane. I we gotta get we gotta get one more Jacob deGrom healthy season. With that said, I think we're both staying away. Yep. All right. Aaron Nola time, baby, Aaron Nola, a guy that has been up and down and up and down throughout his entire career. One season he has an amazing ERA, the next season he's the unluckiest pitcher, he has a 4 plus ERA with great FIP numbers and expected numbers, but the thing with Aaron Nola has always been command when He's commanding his fastball and commanding his changeup, he can be one of the best pitchers in baseball, and that's exactly what he did last season. Clay, so going by Command Plus, which is a stat from uh MLB Pitch Profiler profiler.com, um, they have a model that calculates that, it's pretty cool. It's um, my guy Jeremy Machino, uh, go follow him on Twitter. Good, good profile guy knows his pitching, so he. He calculates command plus Aaron Nola was in the 95th percentile last year, right? Not only does Aaron Nola have, you know, good whiff ability on his fastball, on his changeup, on his curveball, but when he's locating it, he can be one of the best pitchers in baseball. And that's exactly what he was last year. And that's the big reason um, that he had a career low home run per fly ball rate last year. I really believe that. I mean, like you can say that, you know, maybe like, a pretty weak baseball um, could have helped that as well. But yeah, Noel is a guy with a, a low whip every year, good K numbers, a lot of innings, like across the board, it's just, you're getting a lot of good stats. What do you think though? Cause I, I know he's them. a guy that's up and down at times.
1: I love him. And I don't think the up and down, I know what you mean. And I, I hear this from everyone. I think that's a little bit dramatic. Um, the, the narrative there. I don't think it's as bad as people have made it sound um this isn't jose barreras or so, so you know up and down up and down like this is a guy who's going to get 11k per 9 less than two walks um expected era of 274 last year um actual era was 3 325 and not a flamethrower but as you mentioned he has four pitches that he can throw extremely extremely well i
0: love him i'm all in on him sweet love to hear it i'm with you man i'm with you Um, I would take him as my ace and then, but yeah, so he's being taken right around where DeGrom's taking, like I'm taking Aaron Nola all day. Give me the guy that I can count on to be on the mound and give me actual production. So, all right, Clay, let's move on to Brandon Woodruff now too, because Woodruff is, um, somewhat of a popular pick as of late. Like I feel like I'm seeing a lot of people target him lately. Um, and I have. There's no reason not to target him. I know, right? I love him. Like 2021 was an amazing season for him. Through 180 innings, which was a career high, 2.56 ERA, expected stats were all there. Um last year, you know, dealt with a few like minor injuries through 153 innings, 3.05 ERA. Expected numbers were right around that. Struck out a bunch of batters again. Like going into 2022, 2023 that is, age 30 season, like I'm expecting a step forward from him. Um, very smart pitcher, has a full arsenal. I, I'm all on board the Brandon Woodruff train.
1: I love him. He's just consistent as hell. Like, you know what he's going to put up. You you can almost ride it in ink. Like, he's just going to put up a solid ERA, um, you know, enough strikeouts to to obviously be in the top 40-ish um, ADP. And all of his pitches grayed out as positive. Like, there's just nothing not to like about him. A safe pick in my bet in, in in my opinion and somebody who I'm definitely going to target. And he won't be my first pitcher that I'm going to target. I'm not going to wait that long, but he's definitely somebody who's on my board.
0: Yeah. I mean, I honestly think that um that um Brandon Woodruff is like the perfect guy to grab as a potential ace option. Um if you grab like three hitters at the beginning of the of the draft. Um, all right, let's move on to Carlos Rodon, who's moving teams, going from San Fran over to the lovely confines of Yankee Stadium. Got a huge contract in this offseason, six years, $162 million. He's coming off of two just insanely good seasons. He had a 2.37 ERA in 2021, 132 innings pitched in that season. Um, and then what did he do? Backed it up last year 178 innings pitched, 2.88 era his 2.25 fip was i believe the lowest in baseball maybe the second lowest um struck out almost 12 per nine like he was he was truly dominant last year um i got to see him live in july i went to a padres giants game and Actually, I think it was on my birthday, which was even cooler. Seeing Rodon in person, you really get to witness one. This guy is not going to have a problem with the pitch clock because he literally gets the ball back and he's already foot on the rubber, like practically in his windup again, he's right at you. And that's what makes him so scary. He's not afraid to go at hitters. Um, So he he's scary. Um, do you think I, I think he can back it up again? I'm not staying away. I'm not scared about any injuries. Like Carlos yeah. would not fire him up for me.
1: Me too. I'm all in. We are agreeing on everything today, Colby. I love Yo, I mean, it. we're
0: talking about a lot of good pitchers here.
1: Yeah. So. And he's a guy, you know, a lot of people um after his stint with the White Sox and getting non-tendered and whatnot, coming back, big year. Like there's all these questions about him. And I, I think he's eliminated those at this point. And he's earned through his success the right to just be considered one of the top pitchers in baseball without these asterisks.
0: And I don't see any reason why he can't repeat. Yeah. I don't see one either. Um, We're going to, I mean, we're ending this episode talking about two dominant lefties that I absolutely love. Like I love Carlos Rodon and I love Shane McClanahan. And I that's might, your guy. I might love Shane McClanahan more than I love Rodon. Um, they're both going around the same draft price. But McClanahan, to me, like this is the year for him where he really takes that next leap. Like,
1: 2021
0: yeah. came up as a rookie, made 25 starts, was really had had moments where you're like, wow, this dude throws 100 from the left side with you know a really good change up, a really good curveball. Like he's a complete pitcher, but he yeah. he was young still at that point. He was inexperienced. Then last year. 28 starts 166 innings pitch which was the big concern for me I was like I don't know if this guy can go to 160 180 innings and that's the big reason I like him this year is I think he can go from 166 I think he can go 185 this year I'm really expecting that um because he can go deep into games and yeah Clay as you as I mentioned like such a complete pitcher attacks you with fastball that you know averages 96 97 he's up to 100 with it um, the interesting thing to note about McClanahan pitch usage wise last year is he started using um, his change up a lot more um, as his second second or as his first secondary. So fastball and then it's change up and then curveball and stop throwing the slider as much. The slider got beat up in 2021 a bit. Um, and so I kind of I really liked that change. And the changeup was unbelievable last season, Clay. A 145 batting average against. Nobody could hit it for a home run. Only one home run given up against that pitch. And McClanahan, that was one issue for him um, and, and has been for his entire career was giving up long balls. But a 50% ground ball rate guy, too. So, like, across the board, just ridiculous numbers. And I'm expecting him to take that leap this year to being, like, a top, you know, six seven guy in the league. He
1: improved from year one to year two, what we all hope to see, right? That's sign number one in a young pitcher. Do you have a sophomore slump or can you take a next step? Year three is that big year where it's kind of like, all right, now let's see just how high we can think your ceiling can get to. And what I love about him is he's confident enough. And we see with a lot of young pitchers, their put out pitch is kind of like the same pitch or maybe two pitches like he can strike you out with any of those pitches and he uses them all in that manner. It's not just, Oh, I got two strikes. I got to go to my fastball. here. like, he can throw any of them at you and, and
0: strike you out. And I just love that from him. Yeah. He throws every one of his pitches more than 15% of the time, which is cool to see. Cause sometimes you see guys that have like, yeah. They might have two extra pitches at the back of their repertoire, but like, they're only throwing them like three to 5%. Like they're not actual yeah. pitches. They're really using. You have to expect anything with Shane McClanahan. And I almost don't think about him as a young pitcher. Like he already to me is almost a veteran in my eyes. Like he, again, attacks batters, does not walk anybody. Um, Yeah. McClanahan is a guy, like I mentioned Woodruff I'm confident like if he's starting pitcher one like i would even be confident enough waiting till mcclanahan give me him and then i'm set but mcclanahan out of this top 10 like that's a guy i'm really really targeting at price um so yeah that's the top 10 we're gonna move on to 11 through 20 next episode you got anything else clay any last that's all that i got I, i i mean there's still a lot of really good pitchers to get to so
1: you know I mean, we didn't even talk about Dylan C's, Justin Verlander. There's some big-time names Scherzer, on Scherzer, like
0: Shane Beaver, Urias. We got a lot of good pitchers to talk about. And even, like, the crazy thing is we're going to get to through the top 20, and it's going to be like, we didn't talk about anybody yet. Yeah. So, sleepers next week. That's what we're really excited for. Um, but, yeah. We'll catch you next episode, Just Fantasy Baseball. That's the top 10 starting pitchers for fantasy baseball in 2023. Adios.